Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan C.S., the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James C.S., the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Shake welcome to another show. Hernan here, host of the Business Bros Podcast, and uh, I, I don't say my name often, so I got to get in the habit of actually saying the name. Oh, that's a good idea. So, yeah, I, I was told, so yeah. I got I to do it. Gotta well, Jane C.S. here, the other business bro, the insurance bro. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into our show, of course, we got to remind you, 365 pairs of shoes by the end of the year, so if you have gently gently used pair of shoes mm-hmm. or a new pair of shoes or you want to donate money hit james up 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com he'll write over on his harley and pick those up from you and we appreciate all the donations we've had so far and all the donation donations we're going to have moving forward my garage is getting more and more stacked with shoes so really really appreciate it it's going to be a great christmas for a lot of people super stacked super stacked super stacked <laughs> that's funny that's and funny. uh this will be the third and final time that i throw this out there uh, if anybody has a bed for someone to stay in somebody who is traveling the pacific crest trail uh needs a place to stay for about a week while another friend takes off and uh you know they'll be back together and you know hitting up that trail again but if anybody has a place let me know, please, and uh, would love to be able to put this person up in an actual bed. All right, cool. Last little cheap plug. So I got my book today, Harris what? Rules. Tim and Julie Harris are the coaching program for real estate that I am a part of. And what's super cool in this book is when I opened it, the very first page there, they gave me a shout out on the book. Holy moly. Nice. Can you, can you hold that up bros. to the camera a little bit better? Let's see. That close? That is so cool. Super dope. So obviously this is going on the shelf here. It's going to be in the background now from now on. Just Hells yeah. First time I've ever been mentioned in a book. So thank you guys, Tim and Julie. Really appreciate it. That is the first ever. That's so cool. Right? So cool. Like, right. I, I, I'm just... I know. It is cool. It blown is cool. away. Like, seriously, no, like, I'm, Nicole, I love you. We're, we're going to get to you in just like a half a second, but I have to give it to you, man. Everything that we've been doing here, uh, you know, putting on these these daily podcasts and uh, the the reach that we've gotten and the work that you have done, bro, the work that you have done has gotten you into a published work, and that's that's freaking awesome. You make me speechless. Not supposed to be speechless before. Podcast, I know, right? But thank you. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. <laughs> All right. All right. Intro time. Intro time. (laughs) Well, um, after all of that, we are so excited. It is a beautiful Thursday karaoke night, uh, (laughs) and we have an awesome guest today on the show, a fellow uh, from Century 21 Award, Miss Nicole Del Prior. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the show, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and congratulations. Thank you. That's super awesome. By the way, that book is really good for any real estate agent. Step-by-step, stuff that you can do that's practical and tactical that you can get into your business right away, so highly recommend it. I got the first version. This is the extended version, which goes into more like, now you've made money, now what do you do with it type part. So if, you, if you're ever interested, let me know. It's super cool. Cool, cool. Super cool. All right, Nicole, so tell me a little bit about yourself. What... What were you doing before you decided to get into this whole real estate world? So I have quite a diverse past. Uh, Right out of college, I was a cop uh, for Chula Vista. Uh, So I did that for a little while, realized it really wasn't for me at the time. I think I wasn't mature enough, wasn't ready, you know, but I did. I was out on the streets. They gave me a gun and everything, (laughs) (laughs) which people that know me, that's scary. But um, but no, after I did that, I worked federal corrections uh, for about four years um, and then went back to school, got another degree uh, in computer science, uh, was working for a major bioscience company, uh, biotechnology company for a while, and decided that I wanted to stop doing stuff that was practical and started doing something that you know I wanted to do. And so I got into real estate. And it's something that's been on my mind, something I've always wanted to do. But again, growing up, um, you know, we're always taught do something practical make sure you have a paycheck mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes that's not always fun. It's not fulfilling. It's not rewarding. And oh yeah. So- no, hundred percent. Well, you know, today was graduation day for, uh, cause I teach at East Lake high in the morning. So today, this morning was graduation day. I had a bunch of seniors that are now going off and doing their thing in the real world. Um, you, uh, sounds like you haven't really struggled when it comes to the education aspect. I mean, you went to the police academy, you became a police officer, you went to college, you got a degree. But one of the things that I try to get across to my students is, especially today, it's not 100% about the degree. You really have to, especially because of the cost of the degree. Yeah, exactly. You really got to figure out what it is you want to do. What 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 is going to drive you to wake up in the morning and do that thing? How did, how did you, uh, have you discovered it? Is this the thing or is, you know, are you still progressively working towards that? This is definitely the thing. And I think one thing that trips kids up is when you graduate high school, you're expected to go to college and pick a degree. And this is the path you're supposed to, to go on for the rest of your life. You know, that's it. This is what you're going to do. And when I was younger, I wanted to be a cop. My mom was a 911 dispatcher. So I'm originally from Chicago, um, South Side, and that's where my mom was a dispatcher. And so I grew up around it and, you know, it was something that I always wanted to do. Went to school, got a degree, criminal justice, did it, you know, and it just wasn't, I don't know, it just wasn't, didn't seem like a good fit, but it was, you know, you go to college and you think, well, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped doing that and then started to kind of explore other avenues or things that, you know, I enjoyed doing, not just because I thought I was supposed to do it, but because I wanted to do it. Um, and so I moved around quite a bit. Um, like I said, I got another degree, worked for a great company, um, but it just wasn't for me. And finally, I just decided to do real estate because it was something that I always wanted to do. Again, because it wasn't practical, I didn't do it. Um, but it took a while to kind of get to that point and be okay with not doing something that was, you know, safe. Well, how, how did your how did your parents or your loved ones feel about that? Because it was it's definitely something that stops a lot of people from being able to make a choice. Yeah. They're worried about what other people are going to say. They're worried about what their loved ones are going to say. Are they letting somebody down? Yeah. How how was that in your in your as you were deciding to go a different route? You know, I have very very supportive parents. Um, 
they, my mom basically has encouraged me. Um, my dad unfortunately has passed, um, but he always encouraged me in the past. And But my mom and my stepdad are excellent support system. And anything that I want to do, they're like, no, just go do it. My mom always said, you know, she wished she had done things differently or pursued other avenues um, and she never did it. And so that's one big thing for her, for me is just go out and do it. You have to try it. You know, the only way you're going to know it's not for you or it's not right, you know, to go try it. So I've been very fortunate. I didn't have to worry about what friends, family or anybody thought. And everybody's been very, very supportive uh, throughout this. And I, I was licensed about two years ago. Um, I went full time. Uh, actually, June 1st was my first full year. And so everybody's just been incredibly supportive. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really have to worry about not having a support system around that. That's super, super helpful, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so you get into this whole real estate game, right? What was what was it like transitioning? Did any of your prior skills or the education you had before, did any of that help you? And you know, what was that struggle like? So the biggest struggle for me is I'm not a salesperson. That's just not how my personality was so kind of changing that thought process and trying to become that salesperson and i realized i don't have to necessarily be a salesperson i can just be myself and myself you know just being myself and being who i am it just kind of comes out it helps with that Mm -hmm. process and um that was the biggest change because every job that i've done in the past was definitely not sales related it was you know well, one was very direct. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. you had to command the presence, right? Yeah. And, and it and it's funny because when I was a cop, and even when I worked federal corrections, I mean, you're in a pod with, you could be up to 120 inmates. I mean, just depends on, you know, how many you have. And I had no problem standing in front of them and, you know, telling them what they needed to do or, you know, wasn't nervous at all, but asked me to go door knock. And I was <laughs> like, uh, I don't want to do this. So, you know, it's very, like, it's, trippy to me like what was not comfortable like in a pod with a bunch of you know criminals you know 120 could be 120 men no less mm-hmm. you know and that was not a big deal but you asked me to go knock on somebody's door so all of a sudden yeah so definitely getting that out of this is out of my comfort zone um but you know that's the thing is you just got to start doing it. i notice in this business you really have to go out of your comfort zone to to be successful so the money's in the uncomfortable part yeah yeah, 100%. for sure, for sure. So tell me a little bit about, uh, you, you have a legend in your office who is on top of their social media game. How does that kind of trickle down to everybody else in the office? I mean, the, the bar's set pretty high. Yeah, yeah, and Gabe, he's a good guy. Um, super helpful. If you have any questions, he's always there to, to answer. Um, I've definitely taken pieces of what he's done and tried to incorporate, or incorporate it into what I do. Um, You know, his style is a little bit different than mine, but, you know, there's always good points you can take Mm -hmm. from things. So, yeah, he's definitely set the bar high, um, but, you know, we all have our own thing. For sure. So, What are you doing, like, today to help? How how are you using social media today? uh, Basically, I try to post, like, I try to do posts and information that's going to be helpful to a potential buyer or seller. Uh, Every month I put out a post. uh, My farm, my area that I specialize in is North Park, Hillcrest and University Heights. And so every month I put out something that shows, you know, what homes sold, how many are available. And then I list out actually the homes uh, that have sold. And that's actually been quite helpful because I've had people contact me and say, hey, thank you for putting this information out there. So I always try to put stuff out that's going to be helpful or useful. I don't want to clutter it with too much just 
putting stuff out there to put it out there. Yeah. Are, I, you, are you putting out regular regularly yeah. or is it just like once a month? No, no. I uh, That post goes out once a month and then I try to post regularly uh, as well. So, you know, and, and where I come from, so I'm from the south side of Chicago and we're very, you know, no nonsense to the point, you know, it's kind of no frill, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's just basically, that's my personality and that's how I want to, you know, present you know, my business as well is I want to give you useful information. I want to, you know, noble, this is, you know, this is what it is. And, you know, how can I help you? Like, let's figure out a plan, you know, together to, you know, to make things work. Where would you say your primary uh, business is coming from? Uh, referrals, referrals and, uh, and people that I've known, you know, over, you know, past couple of years, like that's where most of my sales have come from. You came from, from Chicago. How long have you been here in San Diego? Uh, it'll be 23 years in August. Oh, a little bit of time. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. It, it wasn't <laughs> basically a, a local. Yeah, yeah. Basically yeah. A local. It wasn't a smart move at the time. I bought a one-way plane ticket. I packed one suitcase, and I'm like, California sounds fun. So. Did you just left family like, and just came out of here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've always been kind of a rebel. My dad used to call me Miss Independent, so. Oh, still yeah. Miss Independent. Still, huh? yeah. Yeah. Looking back, like it probably wasn't uh, a great thing at the time. I had a full ride to run cross-country and play softball. At Kentucky State, and I visited the school. wasn't really for me, and so yeah. So you, you've been athletic. I mean, you've had a number of uh, head injuries, according to our yeah. conversation before, yeah. Yeah. right? So, yeah. did you did you play sports in college? Uh, so I played. Um, so I decided that after I didn't want to go to Kentucky State, that I just didn't want to play sports. Well, I moved out here, ended up going to College of the Desert in Palm Desert mm-hmm. um, because I saw the phone number and I th- it had a San Diego area code. So I thought it was yeah, just perfect. staying in yeah, San Diego. You know, it turns out it was in God awful heat that I'd never experienced before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was bad. Like I got yeah. so sick the first week. Like I just was not in good shape, but um, I got there and the conversation ended up going to sports. And, um, I, and, you know, I was talking with the athletic director and I said, well, I ran cross country in high school and I played softball. He said, well, we don't have a cross-country team, but we just started a soccer team. I'm like, well, I've never played soccer in my life, so, you know, that's out. And he's like, well, just come out. So I went out, tried out, made it. Not because I have any soccer skills, just because I could run for days. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I did that for uh, the first year that I was there, and then I played softball as well. They wrote me into into that, so, yeah. Own into stuff. Yeah. And you, you've maintained that, that physical attribute of your life, right? Yeah, that's something ever since I was little. I remember begging my dad, I think I was in like seventh grade, can you get me a weight bench? Like I was always just into working out and, you know, being active. I joined Little League in fourth grade because my friend Mark said, girls can't play baseball. Oh, and so I'm like, you. okay, I'll go play some baseball. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up, I was Little League fourth and fifth grade, fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh and eighth, I started playing softball and then played that. I have a um, question for you. Sure. How has your competitive nature fed into what you're doing in real estate now? Um, It actually helps. So it plays a good part because I'm competitive, because I see like so many people doing so many deals. It's like, okay, now I want to go out and do that. I want to be successful. So it definitely triggers that competitiveness. Like, okay, well, this person sold this many this month. Now I need to sell this many, you know? So yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah. That's, that's one of those, uh, I don't know about you, but usually for me, the competitive is also the pride factor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I have, you know, huge, my dad would always say that it's my biggest attribute is also my biggest flaw. 
right? It's if if somebody's doing better than me, it's 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 I don't you know I'm not envious to a degree. I'm saying like, damn, if they can do it, I, I can, can do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean? And I yeah, and, and not only am I going to be able to do it, I'll, I'll probably be able to do it better if I just if I put on if I put in the effort, I can get yeah. there. And see, that was like the thing with the Little League. It's like, fine, you know. And then I remember I ended up pitching in like one of the championship games. And so <laughs> nice. it's like, you know, don't tell me what I can and cannot do. Right? You know, like that's just, I guess I've always been stubborn like that. And it probably like started that trigger from him telling me, girls can't play. And I'm like, oh, I could play. Who are you talking to? I'm going to get a one-way ticket to San Diego and go to college in the desert. Right? That's what's going right? to happen. Yeah, I've always like... Not, I haven't always made the best decisions because of that competitive and because of just wanting to do things that people tell me I can't do. Um, but yeah. So you got a little bit of the McFly complex, huh? Yeah. What are you, chicken? Yeah. What? What? Yeah, you can. But you know what, though? I, I, in, in all seriousness, life, you, when, you, when you look back at things and you, you have some sort of regret, it's usually the things that you didn't do yeah. that mm-hmm. you end up regretting. You decide, you know, something comes across your way and it's an opportunity in front of you and you decide to not even take the chance. You're gonna regret it, whether that was a good choice or not. Yeah. You never know in real, and in reality, the choice you didn't make, you don't know what happens. Yeah. And so, at the very least, you've tried a lot of things. Yeah. You, you've taken a step. You've knocked on some doors. Yeah. As scary as it is. Yeah. Right? I've kicked some down too. So. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Harken back to those uh, cop days. Yeah. That's so cool. That, yeah, that is though. Like, I don't. Now, I'm. I'm just gonna say, like, when uh, when I first met you, when when you knocked on the door, uh, just 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, uh, you have a solid handshake. That's usually that. Sure. Yeah, everybody's like, damn. Yeah, I'm I was like, like oh wow. No, 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 no. It's but like, I feel like that that is part of that you know culture and you know everything that 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 has made you who you are and that's just one of those awesome things like oh okay yeah well, right. well here's the other thing like the podcast is if for those of you listening if, if the podcast is at my home right and so there's a lot of times where we'll have a female guest come over and i can tell right off the bat they're a little skeptical and awkward you know coming into somebody's house they've never been to you know it's it's definitely a little uh scary it can be anyways you didn't have that at all. You came in with like <laughs> confidence. Yeah, I have no problem coming into this place. You know what? As a matter of fact, my dog's in the side. You know, my dog's in the car. He's gonna come and sniff me. <laughs> no, but you had you hide the drugs. Had, yeah, hide the drugs. You definitely had confidence. Of, you know, walking in the door. And and I wonder how much of that helps you in your business. Like you might have been nervous to knock on a door, but I don't know if that would show, right? Yeah. How, what, what do you think it was like for you? You know, it's funny because like people that I've become friends with um, because of this, like as a result of this business, I was like, yeah, I was super nervous. And they're like, we could not get that at all from you. Like you come off super confident when you're, you know, when you're dealing with people, when you're talking with people. So I don't know. It's like I'm able to like, what is it? Fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like I'm able to come off confident, but you know. But I mean, I think it has to do with the, like I've I've talked to a few people who were in law enforcement and one of the biggest things they say is it's your presence. Like just being there, your command presence, right? And that has a lot of authority without ever, you don't even have to say anything, but a lot of that just kind of, it shows you this is a leader. This is a person who's in charge. You know, you're going to listen to what I have to say. And, and I think a lot of that, even as scared as you can be, because I'm sure as a police officer, you've had situations where your heart's racing. And I didn't have that command presence 
when I was a police officer. I found that the, my first day when I worked detentions, corrections, um, when that door closed behind me and there was all these eyes looking at me, like that's when that kind of like threw mm. me into that. But I didn't always have that. I was definitely not prepared to be a police officer, you know, and I definitely didn't have a command presence then, but quickly developed it within a matter of seconds of that door closing behind me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could. I, I don't even know what that would be like, to be honest. I mean, yeah. Was it, a, was it like a max security prison? So it was right here near the border. Um, oh, so yeah. we had, um, at the time, um, it's changed now, but there was five units that were housing units for males, one female. And I remember my first night I was in the female housing unit, and I was in basically the worst pod. And uh, I had like a medical emergency. A girl slammed her door or on her fingers. I had segregation in there. I mean, it was just like a complete, utter mess that first day. But yeah. welcome to the job. Yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> it was like the worst possible intro to my to day one. And uh, but then after that, it got easy, and I never really had any issues. I just went in there and said, you know what? I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you shouldn't already be doing. You know, if, you know, we'll I'll be fine. You know, with you if you're fine with me. You know, and I'd never had. I mean, I had a few knuckleheads, but. You know. you know, it's funny though, um, when you have that kind of, th- those horrible rough days to start, it's like, of course everything got better after that. Yeah. You've already went through the, <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. worst part, right? Yeah, because I, I was like, what the heck? Like she, like, I mean, their finger just, it was it was just like the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and then I think like shortly after that, one of the other first days on, I had a, a female that she decided to take off all her clothes and run naked. Because oh, yeah. so. that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> just like weird, you know, weird experiences. I wouldn't change it for anything because I think I grew up a lot. I definitely developed that command presence. I developed, you know, I don't even know. I don't know. I just I grew up so much in that experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. If I had had that before being a police officer, I think things would have been different. But well, let me ask you this: in in a prison, I'm sure. Uh, I don't want to equate this to the classroom, but I, I kind of have to. You have all kinds of excuses for the orders that you're giving, right? Yeah. Like, this is what you need to do. Yeah. And then there's like 50 million excuses why you can't get that thing done, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I think, how, how do you think that compares to when you're sitting in front of a client and there's there's the value that I'm giving you, here's the proposition, this is how I'm going to help you, and then here come the objections. And there's always, and my thing is, there's always a way around everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tattoo and it's uh, Latin. I'll either find a way or make one. And like, that's nice. like my philosophy. Like, you know, there's always a way you can give me an objection, but there's always a way around it. And I think a lot of times those objections just come out of fear mm-hmm. or, you know, the un- the unknown. I mean, it's a huge transaction. I mean, you're selling your home or you're purchasing a home. You know, it's the biggest transaction. It could be the biggest transaction of somebody's life. So I can definitely understand and see where they're coming from. Again, like a lot of times they're like valid, like legit, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's just, you know, being scared and nervous about, you know, about the process and there's, you kind of have have to help them navigate those yeah. waters, right? Yeah. Because I, 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 I've always found that an objection is more along the lines of a question that hasn't been answered, right? Yeah. If, as long as you can answer those questions for them, you're going to help guide them. Yeah. How did those objections uh, work out in prison? <laughs> <laughs> Not very well sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I definitely had a few situations that were a little like, okay. Here we go. Well, on the, on the bright side, when you go to a listing appointment, the uh, seller's not going to run around naked. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> Usually, yeah. right? That would be a weird story in yeah. and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. I think I've I've seen just about every kind of shocking 
I don't know, nothing surprises me, nothing phases me anymore. So yeah, the questions at a listing appointment, the objections, you know, those are no problem. I mean, some of them are a little bit more difficult, you know, but you know, there's always a way. There's yeah. always a way. And it's okay to say, I don't know. I'll get yeah. back to you. Yeah. Right? Like I said, I'll, I'll find a way or I'll make one. That's Absolutely. just my philosophy. So how about, how about with uh, with sports, for example? Um, you've you talked about like physical injury. You've talked about the, you know, going into being to getting into soccer with never playing soccer at all. How do you think that parallels when you first got into real estate? Like you didn't know anything about that yet. You went out and did it. I think because I've always been the type that, you know, if I don't know, I'll just go and figure it out. You know, I'll read up on it, study it, you know, look to people that are doing it, you know, currently trying to model behavior after it. And, you know, I think you can pretty much do anything that you set your mind to. So, I mean, just even if you haven't done it before, you don't know, just just try it, do it. You'll figure it out along the way. What, what, what do you think were the first couple prospecting things that you ended up doing when you first got started? Uh, like as far as like going out to get business. Mm-hmm. I door knocked like within the first like couple months and that just, I, I remember it was the, the first time that I did it. It was like 90 something degrees. I decided to go out at three o'clock in the afternoon. Which, it's okay, you went to school in the Palm Desert. Like you're good. Man, it was awful. <laughs> like by like, I don't know, I got down one end of the block and I'm all just sweaty, my hair, my makeup, everything. I just look a hot mess and I'm like, yeah. And then people weren't very nice. I had a lady yell at me. Um, she clearly wasn't all there. Um, and I kind of was worried that she was living alone after the interaction, but, but yeah, I did that, um, flyers. So door knocked flyers, um, try to do the social media thing. Um, but it was just trying to like figure out there's so much you can do to promote yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just like figuring out which ones to do and which ones are going to be, you know, the most productive. Absolutely. So you had a very crappy day when you first started off in corrections. You had uh, multiple injuries in sports. <laughs> yeah. You had a crappier day when you first started door knocking. Is there anything you start off <laughs> with, like know. a beautiful, you know, sun shower, <laughs> sunflowers, and and rainbows, and no. every morning, right? Yeah, every morning. Yeah, because oh, I have, you know, my I, I'm a cat lady, crazy cat lady. I have a lot. Um, a lot. I have three. Um, really I mean, it's not bad. too bad. That's yeah. not bad. But one thing I will say that I do, so 3% of all of my commission. So when I get a commission, 3% goes to an animal charity. Um, nice. And so this year I've been able to donate to three so far. Um, That's funny. The Tim and Julie Harris, they always talk about their stories um, when they were when they were selling real estate. And they were selling you know, hundreds of homes a year. They, were talk- they used to do a program called uh, a, uh, Buy and Sell With Me, Adopt a Pet for Free. Nice. And that was kind of cool because, you know, everybody has that. And it's about going out and being part of the community. Yeah. And everyone has a, a warm spot in their heart for a, for a loved one, one of our, you know, four-legged loved ones. Yeah. So three cats. Yeah, three. I want more. Like, my whole goal in life is to become so rich that I can have a rescue. Like, nice. that's all I want to do is just rescue can cats. Can I ask, is there a particular uh, charity or a particular animal rescue that you support? Uh, well, there's... I. Uh, there's one that I've been following since I actually started Instagram and it's called, he's called Justin Fire Survivor. Um, and he was actually, when he was a little baby, somebody doused him with kerosene and lit him on fire. Oh no. Um, thankfully he was rescued and the lady that adopted him, now she takes in severely abused, um, 
uh, animals. And so that was the first charity that I donated to. Um, and then there's also out of New York City, Little Wanderers and then Devoted Feeders, uh, two separate ones. And they just do such great work because um, of feral and homeless cat population in New York City is just ridiculous. Hmm. It's out of control. So Little yeah. Wanderers and what was the other one after that? Uh, Devoted Feeders. So how did you decide to, to where, where in your life was it that animals was going to be your thing? Because I, I sense a pretty strong it, It's always passion. been. Yeah. My parents were amazing and I was always bringing home strays. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It found me. Yeah. I've always like had cats. I had a dog. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've always had animals. I've never not... And I run a lot. And so in my neighborhood, whenever I go on my runs, I can tell you where all the cats are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'll stop to pet a cat, but I can tell you, hey, we're going to, in about a half a block, there's going to be a cat that lives there and he's going to be out in the driveway. And yeah. So you're like a cat woman. Yeah. You got all the all the training and tactics to actually be cat woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was little, I used to think I was Wonder Woman. I have this picture. It's a great picture. And my mom had, like, helped make the outfit. And I have snow boots on and, like, snow pants. Yeah, it's a kid. It's a kid yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I used to think I was Wonder Woman. So, But then, you became but then I became Cat Lady. So, <laughs> Cat Woman. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's awesome. so funny, though. Yeah. Like, uh, I, 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 whoa. Okay, so... You're going to be, how long, how long do you plan on being in real estate going forward? Oh, I indefinitely. I found something that I absolutely love. I wish I had done it years ago, um, but it, I guess I wish I'd done it years ago, but what I've done previously has helped me prepare for this. So I think I got into it at the right point in time in my life, but no, this is it for me. So, I absolutely enjoy it. So no exit strategy? Like no, what happens if you get older and you decide to retire? No, nothing like that? Well, when I retire, I'm going to go move with my parents in Italy, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah, they retired and left me, so I'm without adult supervision well, let's at the be, moment. <laughs> let's be fair. You left them first, right? You That's left true. Chicago. That's true. So yeah. they, they just decided that I'm out of the country. That's yeah. it. I'm gone. Yeah. Italy, though. Yeah, and they're loving it. It's Heck yeah. mad cheap out there too. It's uh, they pay like five hundred American dollars for a two bedroom, two bath. They look out their kitchen window, they can see the Alps. Damn, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. My best friend's about to get stationed out there uh, at the end of this year, so I'm definitely taking a trip out in the next couple. Nice, nice. And if you want to, if anybody wants to buy out there, I have uh, relatives that are real estate agents, so I can definitely hook you up. Uh, the town where my parents live, people are moving out. And uh, they're just looking for people to, to live there and to buy property. So that's amazing. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. No, no, no. You know me, dude. I no, it's <laughs> it is. not leaving this. And country. it's cheap because no, it's like it's... less than a hundred thousand dollars for like a villa. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like real estate there is like crazy cheap, and then it's crazy cheap to travel within Europe. And mm. then where they live, they're two hours on a train to Milan, a couple hours, like I think four to six hours to Rome. See, so, I'm, I'm not very cultured. I mean, I've, I've heard all that. I've, I've known all that. This guy will get out there and travel. And he, he'll love to just yeah, you go out me? and see the world. <laughs> let me, me I'm like, let me go buy a, a place out there in Italy and travel <laughs> Europe. Like, my wife's like, where, where are we going on vacation this year? I was like, let's go to Hawaii. She's like, we already went there. I go, I know. It was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's me, right? I, I want to, you know, when it comes to traveling, I'm like, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a journey person. I'm a destination person. Like, yeah. tell me when I'm there. Like, I want to get there. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's just me personally but but this guy on the other hand this guy he'll he don't he's where are we going i don't know we're just going yep get in the car and go <laughs> see and i'm, I'm terrified to fly so 
Yeah. Like, oh, I'll so you're going to get there by boat? I don't, I, you know, my mom's like, come out for Christmas. And I'm like, but I have to fly by myself. <laughs> and, and I'm totally like the Kristen Wiig character in, uh, what is it? Bridesmaids? Bridesmaids. Yeah. You, yeah. Gonna... I'm like, there's a colonial woman on the wing. <laughs> She's churning butter. Like, that's me. I remember the first time I went to Europe, I had the doc give me, he gave me Valium. And so we flew from San Diego to Chicago, and then it was going to be Chicago to Dublin. And I remember right before we were boarding in Chicago, took the Valium, got on the plane, and as soon as we took off, I like started to like freak out because I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, the Valium like wore off like that. And then I remember just like downing bottles of wine, which Valium and wine is probably, probably not a, a good bad mix. Yeah. yeah, I slept the whole way. By the time we got to to Ireland, I was like, I don't even think I was coherent through customs because I think like <laughs> I don't know, like it felt like the literally felt like the Valium like completely wore off and. I don't know if it wore off. I think it mixed in with the alcohol and knocked you out. But yeah, like as the second we took off, I was like full blown panic mode. I wasn't like climbing the walls or anything, but, but you like feel it. I you could feel, feel it. it, and I'm like got my inhaler out, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> and, then, and then my ma's like, just come up by yourself. Okay. Like, so, so you're okay to fly if you're with somebody, like if somebody. I'm like, still not okay, but like it's, it's better. It's I'm getting better. and I'm getting better at it. I've started to fly a little bit more. What, so. do, what do you think it is about the flight? I mean, it's it's literally there, like a bus in the air. Okay, so I had one incident happen. So, so when my grandma passed away, 2007, we flew her back to Chicago to to bury her, and on the way back home, up until that point, I was like fine on an airplane. So we flew out of Midway, and it's over residential area, just like Lindbergh is. Mm-hmm. So we take off, and as we're taking off, everything just goes silent. Like, it sounds like the engine's cut out. I mean, it is just dead silent on the airplane. And so I look over, and the flight attendant, she's she's doing a crossword puzzle. She's not, like, panicking, or she doesn't care. My mom's, like, flown a lot, and so she's starting to be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then after a couple seconds, it came back on, but that was enough for me. It was, like, five minutes into the flight. And I was, that was like the one thing. And she was trying to assure us, you know, that's normal. They have to do that because you're over residential area. It's late at night, whatever. To me, it wasn't normal. <laughs> um, so when she came walking around to, to do drinks, you know, she saw that I was like pretty freaked out. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, how much, how much alcohol can I have? And she's like, well, I can give you two bottles, but I'll put two on your, your dad's and I'll put two on your mom's. And so I literally downed like six bottles of wine and I was still like, it's, I was definitely a little bit buzzed yeah and uh but i could still like i was still aware that i was on an airplane so it was like this weird mix of like being really calm and buzzed and then kind of a little bit anxious so so well see that that's one of those things like my wife for example my kids like when we go to watch a scary movie well we don't really go watch scary movies very often but when a scary scene comes out they're the type of people people who cover their eyes right and they don't see what happens and i'm like you have to watch it because if you yeah. cover your eyes your mind makes up more more, a more yeah a it's usually story. worse it's like worse, you're yeah it's worse right? than what you're, so yeah. I, I think that's you know I, I, it might have been normal that that happens i don't know I, I don't really fly at night very often but i think your mind made it something yeah. like super scary and then it didn't help so when i was flying to europe from the San Diego to Chicago flight, I had two guys that were sitting on either side. The person that I went with, we had like separate seats. And so I was like, oh, great. So I had these two guys sitting on either side of me. One guy was, he worked for um, Rolls Royce, but he worked for the engines, like plane engines. Mm -hmm. And then I had some kind of engineer. He was some sort of electrical mechanical engineer on the other side of me. And so the Rolls-Royce guy, he could tell that I was like super duper nervous. And so he starts going into, well, if we go down, we're going down or it's going to be quick. <laughs> and, and I'm 
just like really I don't do go down quick or slow it doesn't matter like, I don't go do down. you want to get decked am I going to have to be carried off by like an air marshal because like is this really necessary and so the engineer guy he was like trying to say oh no this this and he was he was like really really cool he was basically just trying to give me the science behind it and mm. you know you're going to be fine everything's going to be fine and uh but yeah the, the other dude the engine dude i'm just like really dude. like i'm like you're just a complete jerk like <laughs> why he was trying to help the best way he could he just didn't know that that was not no a good he, i think he was like on purpose trying to be like freak you out yeah and i'm just like thinking dude like you're gonna get popped in like two seconds because <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not playing like i'm already freaked out like i got all this adrenaline running through me like you know and it's a, how many hours is that flight um so the what San Diego Chicago was only like four hours and then Chicago to Dublin was like eight maybe dude you gotta be exhausted adrenaline probably running through your body yeah. for four hours straight yeah we got to Dublin and I just like passed out and took a nap because I was just like I'm done <laughs> 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 and then we flew a lot so then we flew from Dublin to Edinburgh and then Edinburgh to London and then London to Paris so we did a lot of like flying and so for someone who freaks out on flights you do a lot of flying yeah oh and then the one from dublin to edinburgh um it was like one of those little puddle jumpers little twin prop Mm -hmm. and uh it was really windy we took off we didn't we had to like walk onto the tarmac to get to the plane and you just see the plane rocking back and forth because it's so windy (laughs) they're having like unusually high wind and so i'm like how's this plane gonna take off in this wind and so we take off, and I mean, the plane's doing, like, all the, like, dropping, and I got my leg up on the seat, and I'm, like, <laughs> freaking out, got my inhaler, and <laughs> and uh, the flight attendant was like, yeah, that's, like, the worst turbulence I've ever experienced in my life, and I was like, great. Yeah. So, yeah. You're, see, those are the type of things you just can't hear. You need to get on a plane. You need to put some headphones on. I do. I got my gangster rap. I got some easy. Gangster rap. <laughs> I love this girl. <laughs> I'm like, I got to get hyped. Like, you know, I got easy. Like, you know, it's, but yeah. Dude, so. some NWA? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can just think of the one song as a cop that she's listening to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, there's another one. Uh, one of the easy songs, Cruising Down the Street in My, my Six Foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, like, because, you know, I'm, like, white. You yeah. know, I'm Italian, but I'm white. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, I think I'm all, like, badass, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. I'm, like, singing this game. I put a beanie right. on and I'm, right? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I was little, because I went to Catholic high school, and it was funny because, like, all these, like, super white catholic girls um were like rock out to that and i'm just like it was just funny to like look yeah, and see on, and see us like yeah, yeah. singing it and like we totally do not reflect well dude there's there's uh it ain't no fun by snoop right i would always trip out because i'm I, i'd be at a, a bar or club whatever and the song goes on and the girls are going crazy like yeah <laughs> and i'm thinking you even know what the words that right? song even say? Like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> but they love it. Yeah. We didn't love it, so I don't know, man. All right. Uh, how are we doing on time? Oh, yeah. We're... Okay. Sorry. That, that's it's, good it, it was, it, I wasn't going to stop you. Right? <laughs> I told you it was cool, Yeah, right? yeah. Super cool. Super cool. All right. Um, so what I want you to do is uh, look over to the camera, because now people love and trust you, right? Because they, they got to hear your stories. Yeah. And uh, tell them how, how to get a hold of you. You can also point down to your to your banner. Oh, yeah. So if you want to get a hold of me, uh, my phone number is on the banner, right? Yep. Phone number is on the banner. Um, email is Nicole at NicoleDellCells.com. Website, NicoleDellCells.com. Instagram, Nicole Del Prior Realtor. And Facebook, San Diego Realtor, Nicole Del Prior. So tons of places you can get a hold of me.
There you go. And then lastly, uh, who do you think is going to be a good guest for the podcast? Uh, so there's a, a trainer at my gym. Super cool dude. Uh, Justin, I'll get you his information. Um, he's starting out his Bodies by J um, app. Uh, Ooh, sweet. Yeah. Super need, cool dude. No concussions though, right? I don't think so. I think I, I have the market <laughs> cornered on those. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nicole, it's been awesome. Yeah. Thank I you love, so much. love spending time getting to know you. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. West Side, ladies and gentlemen. Right? That is fantastic. All right, ladies and gents, 365 <laughs> pairs of shoes by the end of the year. Hit us up, uh, 619-884-0045 or James at... Uh, James at csfirst.com. I almost forgot my last name. James at csfirst.com. He'll hop in his Harley, go over there, pick him up. And then, of course, if you have any insurance needs, whether you need insurance for your business, you need it personally, you need it for your life, or you want to add insurance into your business, maybe you're a tax preparer, maybe you're in accounting, maybe you're in mortgages, maybe you want to add another revenue stream into your line of business, hit up James, 619-884-0045 or James at csfirst.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I want to sit down and talk to you, listen to, or listen to hear what kind of music you want to listen to, All right? Yep. Pock. It's funny because that's what I listen to all the time. It is. It's funny. It's so, true. It's true. Yeah, right? Until I went white too, and I'm big Eminem fan. So. <laughs> All right, uh, Nicole, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for you guys. Well, for right now, because we'll be back at 4 o'clock. But peace. <laughs> Bye-bye. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now, or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.